Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. from his notes, Zach, the way a preacher in a Catholic church from the pulpit reads. Like, he's got a tagged earmark, he flips, he goes back and forth, there's a ceremony, it's a whole Please, thing. <laughs> from the guy that reads like three, three paragraphs people, or people, two pages of, of newspaper. People come up to, to the altar to offer him gifts, <laughs> so they, it's the whole <laughs> Our Catholic friends will uh, oh, appreciate and that. And then you got Don on the other side. That follow Don's the charts. Ca- I, I think yeah. Follow Don, the charts. I, there, there's charts in the Bible. I think Don's Catholic. <laughs> Chapter 9 is where the charts are, right? You're right. That's <laughs> where the charts are, for sure. <laughs> Corinthians. Hey, yeah. I, it, it, or that Filipinos. It's one of the two. Right. Filipinos? In the Bible? Really? Filipinos. <laughs> 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 what's the last Philippians. time you've been to church, Tim? Yeah, yeah, Filipinos. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, uh, Catholic, that's, that's <laughs> Chapter My 10. Gosh. I knew I'd get time. Wow. I got, I got St. like Paul to the Filipinos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think you're thinking of the Philistines, Tim. The Philistines. Oh, the jalapenos. Though. No, he's thinking <laughs> of uh... Philippians. Philippians. I, I was making. Philippians. A joke I, I know on you Philippians. were. I was. I know. I um, was funny. It's actually very me. funny, Tim. <laughs> I got nobody so. more shocked than me. <laughs> Speak, yeah. So I. So before every before Bullard. Uh, before Bullard uh, did what he did yesterday, which we're going to get into here, Stock Nerds, Mark Lawrence, welcome to another edition of Your Money Radio. Uh, we're, we're going with the original today, uh, uh, Today, just uh, Danny, Don, and I having yeah. a good time with y'all. So Big listen, team. and when, whenever, however you're listening to us, we are always live, right with you, pertinent information uh, to help you maximize your gains and potentially minimize any losses you have. Uh, but look. Talk about reading it. This was this was like oh, oh you know, he's gonna read no, now. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna start with like this is the most ridiculous headline from the paper the other day. Market cools for debt that pays zero interest. <laughs> and in other news, people people want cars that run. You know, like, like it's the dumbest headline. And, and then, but I've got other things to cover here. I want to get to Don right away, but not for why you think I want to get to Don. I want to get to Don to read him what in a segment that I call dumb tweets. And so. Uh, <laughs> Dumb tweets. Dumb tweets. Uh, dumb tweets. Don't, d- say it fast. Dumb tweets. Dumb tweets. Dumb tweets. Dumb yeah, dumb tweets. Dumb tweets. So, Don, we can just call them tweets. Yes, sir. This is not. Uh, <laughs> this is not a dumb tweet. This is uh, Lester Holt and Joe Biden, and uh, you couldn't uh, ask for a friendlier interview than Lester Holt to Joe Biden, right? Not, right. not, not considered to be. Uh, it's a softball interview. I, I would so. say there is yes. not even fast pitch. It's, no, that, it's no, beer no. league. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah, question the beer yeah. league softball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> light, light, light T-ball. T-ball. I was, I was trying to think of that. I yeah. can't remember the name of it. Kid so, loves I would interview. say so, yeah. yes. Biden snaps at, quote, he called Lester Holt a wise guy. So the oh. New York Post runs an article here. 
Biden snaps at wise guy Lester Holt for noting how president was wrong about inflation. That's not the tweet. That's not what I'm going to get at with Don here. So I'm like, wow, there's a lot of comments to this article. The very first comment, the very first one is from someone named, this is a great thing about Twitter. Everybody has a voice. Um, the, the other thing is like, I'm not going to come out and say that this guy's opinion is invalid. Uh-huh. I'm going to let Don do that. Um, go ahead. You ready, Danny? I'm ready. Cool we're North. Talk about markets, right? We did, yeah, we're we going to get there for sure. Oh, this is market related. Yeah, it's a segue, Dan. That's it's right. A segue. Gosh, Danny, if Don, <laughs> I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the Connecticut upstairs schools of broadcasting. God Almighty, when Don picks I went up to on the what? basement in San Antonio broadcasting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Took it easy. What the hell is that? <laughs> Like you, they don't have why are San you, Antonio. Why are you playing? <laughs> the Alamo, right? <laughs> yeah. Why are you playing defense against my offense? Sorry. It's so hard when Sorry. Don gets what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Gosh almighty. Okay. What's this tweet? Cool North 1. The number one. Cool North 1. Inflation is not a bad thing. If anything, it is needed and has been missing for years. It's part of the natural cycle of an economy. It's the checks and balance. When prices are high, people buy less, and that conserves the environment, allowing oh, it to Christ. replenish. <laughs> oh, my God! I couldn't even get through it. I knew. All right. <laughs> and that's how we start the show, Stock Nerds and Market Lovers. Welcome. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on wow. down to the pulpit of Daniel's Notes. Fun tweets and Don. Wow. Don evoking wow. Catholic wow. Church. I, I hope that's guy, guy's not an economist teaching students. Dude, cool he's North at one. the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> cool North One is Jay Powell. <laughs> Listen, Stockton's Mark Lovers. I got a lot to cover. I want to start with this chart here, real quick, though. Let's do oh, chart I want to go to. I want to go to this chart here uh, before we start. And it. So the market is, I, you know, I don't know where the market ends up today. It's, it's pulling back again. And we're going to get into Bullard talk here in a second. But just for the uh, get to the charts crowd, right? I want to give them a little, a little meat here before we start uh, having the discussion. Because okay. if people haven't realized after seven, eight years of doing these shows, the podcast is for discussion, elongated conversation around topics to educate uh, and, and be practical and actionable. Not the red meat like the, the uh, inside. Not the, as much. The videos that come out five nights a week. After the market closes. After the market closes. Those are nothing but action. Actions. And so now, look, I want to show you this VX chart, these volatility futures. Show me the meat. So I've been, I've been looking at this. You know what? I'm, let's do it over here. So here's the volatility futures chart, and I find this fascinating. And so I covered this in my video on Wednesday. And so look, you get up to the 30 ATR, you get a little pullback. And the VIX, these are the VIX futures. Mm -hmm. And when the VIX futures hit that 30 ATR, markets are... And they're selling off, like they're pulling back. And, but you get this pullback in the VIX futures and the markets, you know, they levitate, right? They, they just stop, stop falling. But you get another spike and markets fall, okay? And we're on a daily chart here. This is back in the time frame we're looking at back here is November and December. The VIX futures fall and markets, you know, they, they even out a little bit. But look, you get this spike to start the year. Volatility futures, this is like the 24th of January. Volatility futures at the third ATR, 24th of January happens to be market bottom for 2022 right and so i want to show you what's setting up right now okay 
And so, and it's starting to, it's starting to move and it's been moving since uh, this morning. So this, my friends, is the mean. So I use these average true range charts to, Taking the moving averages off the charts for me is helpful. It's a different perspective, different way of looking at things. And so uh, if everything in the world reverts back to the mean, and the mean in the, our world is the 21 exponential moving average, uh, you would expect the mean to be where things also lift off. And so after the third ATR, you come down to negative one ATR here, find support, and now you're back above the mean. It's the same setup. Look at this, Daniel. It's the same setup that happened to start the year. Now, it's a market and anything can happen, right? But I know when I see the same setup, right? And I, and I know what it entails. And so, look, it doesn't mean you can't own bullish things. There are things that are going up in this environment. But eventually, everything starts to sell off when these volatility futures spike like this and it's a pretty big deal so with that i wanted to give people the ability if you need if you have trouble setting up your atr charts uh, i use thinkorswim just yeah hit me up uh tj razor on twitter at uh tim at revere asset excuse me uh on um email i i don't <laughs> i literally did not know why i couldn't say the word email like it left me and i will give you my settings they're not proprietary but these help you see it's a visual it's 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 a fact-based look at overbought and oversold okay, okay. and that and that's all so look um there's a lot to talk about here and i want to pull up i just want to watch the market too because markets after european close really started to uh, come asunder and uh the ticks started coming into play and you start adding in and danny and i were talking a little bit before the show uh you got the add now at the lows of the day and this this put call ratio advanced decline uh, thank you and this put call, this put call ratio is for what's happening in the markets and what happened yesterday with Bullard, not, it's very complacent, but I digress. What happened with Bullard, in case you weren't following along? So, um, <laughs> uh, I, and, I, and I, you know what, let me address this too, because I, on Friday, or Friday, excuse me, on Wednesday, I put out a video, market set to rally. Right. Like, literally, was my headline. Market set to rally. And we get the hot, and I, and I said that you, this is a time you really want to trust the chart. Because, you need an asterisk below, unless the Fed comes out and poops well, all I, over I, it. Well, I want to talk. I, I want to. I want to talk about it yeah. and own it a little bit yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So I felt really good about that. Like we had, I said that probabilities were high. Well, uh, I said, look at what's happening in face of everybody knows it's going to be a hot CPI number. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a soul out there that mm -hmm. doesn't follow that doesn't know it's going to be a hot CPI number. Well, maybe a few people at the Fed, but and so <laughs> you get the hot CPI number, you get the dump. Okay. And then, but the market's like crawled back. Like got a relief rally. Yep. You got you got this it's out of and, the way. And then I I don't know if Bullard was short the market, uh, and he didn't like that the market was rallying, or he had just put on a bunch of puts. Either way, he comes out and says, "Hey, I we could have an, I want at least fifty basis points uh, in March, and I want at least one a one percent interest rate raise." He wanted one percent higher rates by, by June. July. Oh, June or July? Uh, June or July? One of the two. One of the July. J July. July. One of the J months. And so, and that just that was unexpected. And so, this is the whole thing about known information. And what I, I want to put this in context. So it's not that like, well, Tim, your video title was wrong on Wednesday. You got it all wrong. 
No, it's, it has nothing to do with right or wrong. It has everything to do with ebbs and flows in markets and understanding what's expected. And the market's a really good vehicle of pricing in known information. The market, even though, uh, and the futures are manipulated a little bit beforehand, it's when the, it's when the market opens that the game is on, really. And so uh, markets come back. And that was a known report. And it's why I didn't think you would want to short that yesterday. Until right, right. You're, Bullard wasn't known. You're talking about the CPI number. CPI number. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was when Bullard came out, and the market didn't ex- out of the blue. <laughs> I, I, really, that were those were. That's what happens when you get unexpected events in the market. Bullard's words hit the tape, and it was a negative thirteen hundred tick right away, and then it just started. And I want to show you something here. I've got um, I've got Nvidia up here. This Nvidia, and I'm no longer. I sold as soon as Bullard. I had. I, I talked about a Nvidia position I owned. I sold this the moment Bullard talked. It was. I think I sold it closer to two sixty six, somewhere. It was up. Nvidia has earnings next week. Qualcomm had a great report the other week. Nvidia is setting up. Who knows how the report's going to be? How, how the report's going to be interpreted by the market? It was close to two seventy. Nvidia on Friday now, just two days later, is two hundred and forty to eight forty nine dollars. That is a big move. And, and, and it was the chips, like that we're giving tech, you know, all we are saying is give peace a chance. The chips were saying all we're saying is give tech a chance. Like the, the chippies were, Semiconductor, yeah. were, were, were helping to, to uh, boost this up. And now this is, that is not, not a good look there for Techaroo. So, well, it's not a good look for treasuries either. Well, right. And, and and so, <laughs> take your pick. So, but there's a lot of things that come into play here. And Danny, Danny wants to address them. I'm going to send them up here. Before I set them up, look, they're going to, last night at midnight Eastern, they sent out a, uh, I don't know who they, who the uh, Fed people are. Bloomberg sends out an alert. Larry Cohen, Larry Moe and Curly? Yeah, I can say Larry Cudlow. Larry Cudlow and Curly. <laughs> there you um, go. The, the Fed sends out an alert saying, uh, you know, like, like we, we, we didn't really mean it. No, like, you, I think the headline was, you know what, I, I don't need to find it. It was like, nobody supports a, an emergency meeting, and we sure don't support a 50% basis point raise come March. They had like three different Fed, four different Fed people in this article speaking. The fact that Bloomberg sent it out at midnight, they must have been like trying to figure out the words to say. Asian markets were doing poorly overnight. But here's the thing, and and no one can prove it, but I believe this, that Bloomberg didn't just go out on his own. That, That was... Let's let's see how the market's like this. Let's warm them up to the thoughts, and you can see how the markets took the information yesterday, and so it brings up a lot of issues here, and and a couple of them, and in no in no particular order, there hasn't been a rate raise cycle in this country since '04 to '07. So oh, one six, second. One second. I'm going to set you all. You you can have the whole floor. 04 to 07. There's a whole generation of people that... Money man. Advisors. Advisors. People who manage their own money that have not gone through a cycle like this. And and it's it's going to affect everyone from market participants, stock market, public market participants. It's going to affect venture capital participants. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to affect everyone. So there's that issue. And then the next issue, which is probably even greater here, 
um, in the short term. Bonds are just getting crushed. And so you run, and, and, and the big takeaway from, oh wait, Danny, I've had, Danny and his old partner, Dan Kofal, and I, uh, I was privy to many conversations about this. It wasn't just stocks that got crushed in 08. It was bonds, too. Like, everybody lost. Home values devalued. Stocks lost. And, and the savior that, that, are, that are purported to be bonds lost, too. Look, stocks are going down, and so are bond prices. That's a problem for a lot of people. And I want Danny to touch on it. And he's got notes, so it's going to be good. <laughs> well, you know, I... I was thinking about a title because you were talking about mixed signals and trial balloon. Like, was Bullard's, you know, report really a trial balloon? I mean, did they know he was going to speak? And I said, oh, absolutely. They don't let any of those guys out on a leash without it. And remember, I've said for a while now that the Fed may actually try to raise rates without raising rates. You know, talk it up, Mm -hmm. talk rates up, talk the market into being a little more pessimistic first. And if that doesn't work, then they'll ultimately have to actually raise rates. But, you know. I was thinking about a, uh, uh, a title for this segment. I was thinking mixed signals or trial balloons or transitory my ass. Because Jay Powell is getting crucified right now because he, he was saying transitory for two years, and now they can't stop inflation. Okay. So as, as you said, Fed Bullard came out uh, yesterday, and he said, I'd like to see interest rates at 1%, 1% higher by June, mm-hmm. July. And when they pushed him, they said, well, would you do a half a point in March, you know, next month when you get your next chance? Now, they can always do an emergency rate hike, and we'll get to that in a minute, in between, which really is when they put an exclamation point on it. They, they don't do that that often, but it does happen every decade or so, and that's really making a statement. But when they ask him, do you think you should raise rates a half a percent by March? He said, well, you know, I'll, let, I'll leave that to Powell. But here is, here is the issue. So. Six years ago, they raised rates just like a little tic-tac. Just one little, they didn't really raise them in earnest. One or two times, they stopped. But like you said, the last time they rose rates in earnest was 18 years ago, and that was between 2004, 2005, through 2007. And they did it a whole bunch of times. We remember, 15. Yeah, yeah. We remembered what happened, and, and they caused the economic crisis. It's the Fed that causes these boom and bust cycles, and we're asking the Fed to fix it when they – caused it with free money to begin with. You hand out free money and you print it, you cause inflation. Now, in 2004 through seven, we didn't have nearly the inflation we're having now. I mean, you had overheated asset bubbles like real estate and stocks, but you really didn't have, you know, consumer prices really racing out of control. Now they're racing out of control and they got to do something because people are pissed. The regular people, not, you always say, Tim, that, you know, 52% of people own stocks. Total in their four, that means about half the people don't own it. Mm-hmm. It's the people, the half that don't own it, that really are getting hurt because they don't have the disposable income. They can't afford 10, 15% inflation at, the, at food and 30% higher gas and all that kind of stuff. So, so, but here is what, so, so in the last day and a half, the dollar has strengthened. It's tightening, it's good for the dollar. Treasury bonds have gotten hit, stocks have gotten hit. Pretty much, it's 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 getting ugly. But the other thing Bullard said that spooked it is he he said the Fed needs to reduce their balance sheet. What that means in plain English is they're going to stop the bond buying, the stimulus, right. the support. And right now they're buying sixty billion dollars of 
a combination of treasury bonds and some other government agency bonds a month. Right. <clears throat> so they went down from $90 billion and even $120 billion just a year ago. They've cut down and they've cut their bond buying significantly starting in January. And guess what? Or in December, rates have actually started rising naturally of their own accord. Mm-hmm. So doing the, the n- n- not supporting the bond market or not buying as many bonds <clears throat> also causes rates to rise because if there's not enough demand, when they buy bonds, they're buying down the interest rate, just like you buy down your interest rate on your mortgage. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're keeping the prices down. So now, Treasury sold off. They sold off big. <clears throat> so that means that bonds are going to be no good. That means that 60-40 balance funds are not going to be any good. We've, we've talked about this. Now, look, at some point, interest rates and inf- inflation will subside. Mm-hmm. Interest rates will peak, or even if they start slowing down, they haven't peaked yet, but they almost peaked and about to roll over. That's when you want to own bonds. The worst time to own bonds is when, in, in, when interest rates first start to rise and you have inflation. You've already seen that, and bonds are down double digit in some sectors. But but they're down, you know, high single digit in in in, a, in the ones that are the are the strongest. Now everybody always talks about interest rates in a in like a wave pattern, like a wave. Don't think of interest rates in a wave. Think of it as a clock. So twelve o'clock is when you're peak. When you got high interest rates, you're you're in a recession or coming out of recession, things are ugly. When they first start to drop rates, so you come down one, two, three. Uh, stocks do well. Industrials, bonds do really really well. When you get to the bottom, so interest rates are finally at their low point at mm-hmm. around 5.30 or 6, right? That's when all these bond funds have made a ton of money. And so you've got performance chasers going, oh, look, bond rates are close, and it's safe, right? And they pour into these bond funds. Then interest rates start to rise, which we've already seen. <clears throat> bond funds start going down in value, and then they also get debt redemption. So they get people wanting their money back. So these performance chasers start getting burned, and when you get up to 10, 11 o'clock at the top of the cycle, just when you should be buying bonds, because remember, you should sell them around 5 o'clock, 5.30, right. before it switches, they get massive net redemption, so they've got to sell their bonds to be able to give the money back when they should be able to be buying bonds. And so with that setup, bond funds structurally always underperform an in, a bond index because they've got to buy at the right time and they got to sell at the right time. On the other side, when they've made big gains and they're at 5 o'clock in that, plot, in that mm-hmm. interest rate cycle, that's when they get a bunch of inflows. So they got to buy bonds at a premium, buy them at a, a, a high price, and they got to sell them at a discount. And so that's why using bond funds are dangerous just to begin with because of the way they're structured. But even so, in this economic cycle, Right now, it doesn't matter if you're conservative and you're 70 or 80. Bonds are dangerous. Treasury bonds lost 32% of their value between 1970. In the early 80s, 83, 84, it lost 22% of its value. So these bonds will not be safe. Now, when you said in 2008 during the economic crisis, mm-hmm. you said everything went down. The only thing that didn't go down, and, and that's a little different time setup was treasury bonds, all the other bonds, even, right. even investment-grade bonds went down because people thought that these big banks and, and these big companies were going to go belly up. Nobody thought anybody would be left. And gold. So gold and treasury bonds did well. And when those two things are positively correlated, that usually means there's a fear trade going on. But the 
means there's something amiss. So when it really, really hits the fan, you only want a couple of sectors. You don't want the broad diversification, semiconductors, biotech, and investment-grade bonds because it's all going to get I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm right. saying if the but the Fed is setting it up where if you know it's going to be hard, and they painted themselves into this Hobson's choice. They they got loose money for so long, and they've been behind the curve, and they should have been slowly raising rates, putting the foot on the brake a year or two years ago. Now it's kind of hard to do. Now it's going to be hard to do the aggressive rate raise to kill inflation. I mean, you're going. There's a day of reckoning, and this may be it. It may be a little bit further, but yeah. how do you kick the can down the road? I'm, I'm quite sure they'll invent a new way. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the uh, issue that uh, I find interesting here. Um, in 2018, which uh, at the end of yes. 2018, yeah. the, you know, we're going to raise rates. December, yeah. yeah, and the market sold off 20%. And Jay Powell quickly uh, turned around. I changed my mind. Changed my mind. <laughs> and we're not going to do that. And, you know, why did we not do that? Like, what was going on in 2018? And I'm not being facetious when I ask that. Why? Uh, why I mean, I, I get what happened with the pandemic, but that's a full two years before the pandemic. Yeah, hits. no, no, no. There why, was something, I think that was out of Asia or something. I, I'm not sure. Don, do you remember? I don't remember why we didn't go through. I, I don't. I just think there was some economic weakness in the numbers that it could, came out and they just backed off. It's interesting about perspective, right? Like I, Because he's data dependent, you know. I, <laughs> data dependency is transitory as well. Yeah, I was just about to. Uh, like, but it, it, interesting, like about different perspective and looking at different charts and stuff. Whatever was going on in 2018 doesn't, doesn't even compare to what, what took place in 2020, right? You know, we had a week economic report out of uh taiwan uncle uncle yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i heard somebody tripped and fell off a curb in japan we are Stubbed not their toe. we are not raising rates like and then 2020 hits and 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 so look you can we can debate ad nauseum which doesn't really help anybody whether when they should have done this uh, the, the the fact of the matter is like what do you do right now now i'm asking a question well, so 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 very quickly so number one you know with this inflation you really don't want Long time, but the good news is the market sells off three times faster than it goes up. Right. So you could actually be in be defensive, and if the market has a flush and you get defensive enough to lighten up, you have cash to buy back in. So just because you have some defensive exposure now or in a week or two, if the market gets worse, it doesn't mean you'll be in cash in three months. Here's the one thing I would stay away from: bonds, unless you're doing very short-term bonds to surrogate for the money market, surrogate for defense. Mid and long-term bonds are dangerous, even treasury bonds. They're losing value. They're going down. And so you, and at some point, they'll turn around. It's just not the buying opportunity right now. So the philosophical question you have to ask is, what is going to be my allocation if they continue to raise rates? Mm-hmm. And then what would be my allocation if they say uncle and they start dovish again. The hard part about doing that is they just got hawkish in December. So if you start talking dovish in February, all of a sudden it is blatantly obvious that you've lost control, right? Now, they've already started softening what he said yesterday because they saw what happened in the market. So who knows? I I wonder here. um, So this is how we have a, we have like a really consistent, group of stock nerds and market lovers across mm-hmm. the globe that listen to the show. And here's 
we know from feedback. You try to talk to your family or friends about the things that we discuss here, and it just it's a glaze over. Most people aren't interested in markets. Um, this topic is nobody wants nobody nobody listen a conversation in bonds does not lead to intercourse no they're, they're not they're not they're not interested yeah until bob's your uncle they're down 25 30 that's and right then their hair's on fire and they're freaking right. out but nobody gets excited about it yes, no yes. no one's turned on by a conversation right. in bonds right. and what happens is by the time that they're turned on by a conversation in bonds what danny just said there it the the battle's already like the move is already yeah, well now it's too under. late now you're buying home whether but, you like it or not but i wonder you know because people have what do you do right now? Like, they just started getting hot. Like, if you're a 60-40 portfolio, right? And who knows what that 60% is invested in? Is it, is it in high multiple cap stock? Like, God bless if it's the Russell, right? Um, <laughs> but um, what do you do if you've got that 40% in bonds right now? And, and, and here's why I'm asking. If it's a bond fund, they're pretty easy to sell. If you own individual bonds, oh. Yeah, because then it's a distressed sale. And they, see, bond traders buy bonds in hundred million dollar blocks, right? Fifty million dollar blocks. That's a tall. That's a tall mm-hmm. order. So when they distribute individual bonds to you, if you're a hundred thousand dollar account, they're doing five percent. You get five bonds, five thousand dollars, five thousand. If it's a million dollar account, you get fifty thousand. But even fifty thousand, fifty bonds, is chump change for traders. So if you ever try to go liquidate that, whatever it says on your statement. You're going to get 5% less. You're going to take a haircut on that because they know it's a distressed sale. That's why we always use ETFs, exchange-traded right. funds for bonds, because it's you could, we can let the bond, the bond manager. Let them handle it. About, let them handle And you could be out in a second. Right. And that's, that's the thing here that's interesting to me. And some of them might say, you know, let's pull up a chart of TLT. It's probably the most uh, known. Can I interject just real quick, Zach? Danny's volume is going up and down. In my ears, Tim's is consistent, but am I the only one having that problem, or are you seeing that too? No, I'll take a look at it. Believe it or not, Danny tends to uh, swim towards and away from his mic on occasion. That's what you're hearing. Probably. Yeah, and these mics are super, super sensitive. I so. tell you, it's that. I'll, t- I'll turn you up. Yeah, San Antonio basement broadcast. Look, they did you dirty down there. Yeah. So they led you dirty down there. <laughs> That's their motto. <laughs> they did you dirty down there. Yeah. They yeah, did. Yeah. We do you dirty. Um, <laughs> yeah. San Antonio Broadcasting School. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll turn them up. Though. So when you look at uh, TLT here, and this is what people are, are they've been raised on that, that, that bond should go up because it's the safety trade. And even, uh, let's look at a chart of gold here. Even, even gold isn't, re- I mean, that's a lot better looking chart than uh, bonds. But gold isn't just skyrocketing here. Um, and I, there's just a complacency. I don't know if gold is the best hedge per se against inflation. It's a hedge against monetary debasement, right? Yes. Yeah, um, whereas, uh, you know, when people buy bonds, like, well, there's safety in bonds. And, I, and I'm looking at this chart going, there ain't no safety here. <laughs> and, you know, like, there's nothing safe Put about it. Put a that. negative in front of it, and then you'll. You know what? That's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. He's down, down 8.5% this year. Yeah. And That's awful. Yeah. For a bond, for a treasury bond. Right. Which, treasury bonds are long term. The, the aggregate is down a little over 4 you know, the regulators want you to, t- to have people, uh, me tell people that treasury bonds are risk-free. Well, well, that comes from the risk-free rate. There is, there's always risk. There's always risk. And so 
Uh, mortgages go. Tim, Tim, are you saying that modern portfolio theory is based on flawed <laughs> assumptions? Well, it's only flawed until that's it, only part of it. Yeah, okay. it's only flawed until it hits your portfolio, <laughs> and you realize that sixty forty. Uh, th- like, there's nothing. There's always anytime you step into the market, there's always risk. It, it's no different. Well, than let getting, me go one further. Yeah. Because the Fed took interest rates down to almost zero, zero yeah. level. There really is no such thing as safe money or low risk, like CDs and money mm-hmm. markets. They don't pay anything now. Right. You can't even keep, wait. Keep that's a guaranteed loss. And so, because they manipulate it so much, the quote very low risk investments actually now carry much more risk. And now um, you get you just gotta you've gotta learn to invest in the game they've set up. You, and so the market isn't and and what I think we're seeing here. The market in real time is adjusting the valuations of a group of stocks, sure. and it's adjusting them both up and down. And mm-hmm. you're seeing as uh, energy. I want to talk about energy here in a moment. Uh, as you see, energy going higher, those those stocks are benefiting in, in higher asset prices. Yes, uh, where you see even in Amazon, which had a fantastic report, a Google a fantastic report, they're getting readjusted lower. And we should talk about this for just one, one brief moment. Look at um, you want to focus on the energy commodity right. space, the things that can pass on the inf- cost of inflation because it's built into their products. Well, the stock on your screen right now, uh, if you could switch me, Mr. Zach, is not uh, an inflation-adjusted asset. Well, it's being adjusted down. A firm and a firm did themselves no favors. If you're not familiar, they're um, they're. Uh, investor relations department errantly sent out a tweet midday. This is why oh, they said their earnings well, early. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what people don't realize is before you used to report your earnings in the market day, and that changed. That changed with some laws, and um, you had to do them either before market or after close. Well, well, no, you could do them during the day, and then they changed it to before and after. Right, close. right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, now you have to. Yeah. Do you, it now before. you have to. Yeah. There and was the, too much manipulation. Right. And the reason why, one of the, one of the reasons why is so management has an opportunity to talk. Most companies, not all, most companies do a conference call where they take questions from analysts. Right. And, and They can clarify. They can clarify what was released and add color and commentary and do non-gap accounting numbers, you know? They can do marketing. Let's yes. just call it marketing. Yes, and so a firm's... Put lipstick on that pig. A firm's team really screwed them up yesterday. And, I, you know, and it, human error is human error, and it's not in the face. Yes, it's just human error. That is, that is, those are billions of dollars right there in human error. And then it, but it affects other things too. Like, um, you know, upstart's only down a percent right here. That looks like the ski jump for the Olympics last night. Yeah. By the way, ski jump, <laughs> I do, you know, we're watching it. They have a, oh. look, I'm going to draw this real quick. So like ski jump, you know, like Danny, like you go up and so, uh, the ski jump though, um, the ones like if you, if this is really dating myself, but. Remember the, the ski jumps from the wide world of sports on ABC where the yeah. agony of defeat? Yes, the it, guy it, goes, yes. But it was all snow-covered. Ski jumps now are like um, two like uh, roller roller coaster tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. We were watching it with Remy uh, the other night. I'm like, it seems like cheating. It's it, like they're, they're in these glide tracks. And well, they're, they, they're, it's still snow. It's just that they're going over the same tracks. Because once you... No, no. These, look at, if you look at... It's not... It's... A roller coaster track. 
A roller coaster? It track? looks like Google it, Zach. If you can Google it, yeah. I was gonna say, let me see if I can get a screenshot. See if you can get a screenshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys do your thing. By the way, if you could get the market falling off a ski jump, <laughs> that's not a bad thumbnail. Thank that's you. a pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Th- and this chart might be the one to do it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't particularly. You know, let me get you a better one. There, I wasn't particularly. Um, uh, uh, particularly going. If you could get, oh, if you could get Eddie the Eagle. Uh, famed. Uh, oh yes, yes. Yeah, if Hugh you Jackman get, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you could get Eddie the Eagle, uh, doing that. Uh, uh, pl- whatever Eddie the Eagle does. I, ah, he... Eagle. No, no, no. We're not doing Eddie. No, Eddie, Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, oh. yeah British Philadelphia Eagles, right? No, no British else? ski jumper from the uh, Olympics. He's oh. a hero. They made a movie about him. Oh, they make oh, a movie okay. about him. I thought you talked about the mascot or something for Philly. The Eagle. Add him too. <laughs> And always with his finger on the pulse of pop culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Scoop. Swoop. 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 I wouldn't know that. I don't watch Eagle. So I just figured that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Always comes back to the Eagles. <laughs> I'm not doing no Ed. Does he have horns on his car when he drives? Yes, Dan. He has horns on his car. He can't, he can't. Well, how would I remember some English ski jumper named Eddie? This, that was, this was... It was a facetious nickname because he was absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's terrible, right? The only reason he got to go in the Olympics for Britain is because Britain didn't have anybody else. Or, or what you could do here, you too. got a free trip. Well, <laughs> we'll get back to the, the sell-off here in a moment. Uh, what, what also, Zach, the agony of defeat guy from Wide World of Sports is Google it. Okay. You could get him tumbling, too. Yeah. By the way, I want to talk about this for a second. In, in, Remember, like, NF- the NFL is a different NFL these days, right? Like, where it's, it's safer, uh, less, less, less hurdy. Hurdy's a word. Less hurdy. Less hurdy. Less uh, hurdy. Less hurdy. And uh, they used to put out in the 80s videos, vicious hits. You know, like, they used to make videos of all the hits that used to knock people unconscious or hurt them. It, devastating mm-hmm. hits. You remember that, Don? Like, that whole era? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to pause Don's comments there because I don't know what's coming next. I, and I don't want to say, like, Don, the good old days. They're still getting Good old you. days. There you go. That's, That's right. what I thought was coming. Uh, like, I had these VHS tapes. Like, I used to watch them. Like, oh, this is great, you know? And, and now it's like, we don't. It's a different NFL. We don't promote that. Well, it's, listen, honest, I, the, people are getting really hurt. And yeah, anyway. yeah, no, I get yeah, it. But you, the, NFL, the the size speed ratio now was nothing like it was back then. No, you, like you these can't these, have hits like that. You'd be carrying people out on uh, in the. You'd have a morgue set up at the stadium. I'm amazed. Like it, it, this is the thing that astounds me. So the same football field. I, I grew up playing football. The same football field. Uh, when I was uh, in second grade, the same. It's the same size football field as when I was a senior in high school, as I was a senior in college. It's the same size. But now in the NFL, you have the top 1% of the top 1% of athletically gifted large human beings occupying a 110-yard field by 53 and a half yards wide. Just getting slobber knocked. Like, that's a technical term. Man, Don is right. Like, it needed to be. That's why people watch. I hate to tell you, but that's it's the same reason why they watch NASCAR, right? <laughs> that's right. It's the same reason Jackass Forever is in theaters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we all know what we're doing here. But so anyway, back to what I was thinking in my mind here. What's astounding to me is, like, so I showed Tanya, because Tanya never heard of the uh, Wide World of Sports, nor the 
agony of defeat. They used to play every time my rule the sports came on. Yep. The uh, Jim McKay and the agony of defeat. I played her the clip, the actual clip of the dude like tumbling. doing the doing the horizontal cartwheels on the She was Brutal. appalled. She's like, like she was shouting, like, "Oh my gosh, that that's how they introduce this show every week." Yeah, like the human drama of athletic competition, the thrill of victory, and they showed a guy in his worst possible moment getting his spleen imploded in the agony of defeat, and that's how ABC made money. If it bleeds, it leads. There you go. Hey. That's why the markets will be on the newspapers tomorrow. <laughs> see how PBR I PBR Rodeo, baby. PBR Rodeo. Hey, what a segue. <laughs> see, see how I do that segue? So real interesting, Danny. You're talking about inflation. You mentioned how um, inflation hurts not just people in the markets, that 52% of people that actually own stocks, which 90% of them are all passive with IRAs and 401ks that they never um, do anything with. They just have them allocated at work. This is what I was thinking about this whole week. What we, we jokingly, uh, brazenly, uh, we tauntingly say the Fed triggers recessions, right? The oh, Fed, yeah. yeah. Boom and bust cycles. Not jokingly, they do. Uh, and so, <laughs> but it got me really thinking here. Like, what? I, re, I was in California, so I was, I was stationed in California all my Marine career, right? Uh, and things just cost. And it got me thinking about the last recession. And I, it's the best thing that happened to me because I didn't know. Like, I was dumb. And uh, the best part of the word, like, I got out of the Marine Corps. Bill O'Neill hired me into IBD right at the start of the worst recession since the Great Recession. The worst recession since the Great Recession. I had no idea. Depression, Great Depression. Yeah, great Depression, thank you. Like, like the whole, the military, and I, I love Marine Corps, but it, it really is... Um, a socialistic place where medical is taken care of. Uh, most, you, you know, your food, you have a, there's food taken care of. Like it's, it's, you're taken care of. Okay. And we can debate quality and all that other stuff, but you're, you're kind of in a bubble. I mean, you're in a war fighting bubble, at least when I was in, you know, like you're not really paying attention too much to the outside. I knew it was going on, but I didn't realize the severity of it. So I get out right. in 08, uh, and I, I was smart. Whereas I had 91 days of leave saved up because I deployed three times to Iraq and I never took leave. And so I got out, started working for Bill in June, thinking if this isn't, if I'm not cut out for civilian life, I'm going to just go right back. I'm going to turn tail and go ah, right back. Ah, you had a little good ace in the hole. Just yes, a I did. Backup plan. Yes, I did. And um, turns out it was fine. But um, it, what I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was because you know that whole time and while i'm enjoying this uh opportunity to go shop on base still to go get gasoline on base the economy's imploding gas is five bucks a gallon you know and i'm like i never bought gas in la i'd wait till i got back down to san diego and buy gas you know and and so it got me thinking about this um uh and the, the headline here is what happened to the global economy the last eight times oil prices doubled now this article is from 2019 but the, the question I had is, like, and we've, we've done how much oil and energy has increased. We've done that, like, a number of shows. As a matter of fact, we just did it last week. And it has doubled. Is that the trigger? So I want you to think about what Danny said earlier in the show. This is going to hurt a group of people, half of this country, a hell of a lot more than it's going to hurt another half. Mm -hmm. It's all going to sting. Mm -hmm. But it's going to disproportionately hurt 
the people who don't. It's a regressive yes. tax. And so uh, what's interesting is, so uh, the Nadir for oil prices, right below where I ha- or right above where I have it highlighted here, the Nadir for oil prices, uh, this is $50 a barrel when it was closer to 70 So you take a deep breath, oil prices stay below triple digits. That translates to roughly $3.57 a gallon at the pump. The economic consequences aren't that great. So here, the Fed, the Fed commissioned a paper trying to figure out do higher oil prices trigger a recession? Do higher gas prices trigger a recession? And without having to read and just applying common sense, the answer is yes, because of the aggressive nature of everything costing more if you drive it. We, our public transit isn't as such in Europe like it is in Europe. Hey, look, it's food and energy. Yeah. Why do you think they actually have a CPI X food and energy? So they can manipulate the data and spoon feed it to you. And if you're not putting your thinking cap on, you're getting right. hoodwinked. They're lying to you. So now here it is. The, only the Fed. The Fed wasn't sure if oil prices caused recessions or simply was a proxy for other determinants of the business cycle. For example, oil prices and credit contractions tend to occur at approximately the same time. Looking for a chicken or the egg. Credit contracts. And this is really what I wanted to discuss. So it's not just that oil price, that oil goes up, credit, liquidity. See, that the credit is another term for what, Daniel? Liquidity. Mm-hmm. If the credit market were to dry up, that's bad. All about the liquidity. Right. So, They've actually done studies on major, major bear markets and liquidity, and liquidity is like one of the biggest factors. Right. So right here, and while oil prices spikes tend to precede recessions, recessions don't always follow oil price spikes, which is, uh, there's, which is akin to, um, Don, what's the whole thing about follow? No, no major uptrends in markets have started without a follow-through day, but all follow-through days don't lead to market uptrends. Correct. Okay. This is the same statement. Yeah, right. Oh, it's not necessarily good, but we're not actually, we may not get to a recession, which is what, two straight quarters? Is it two or four straight quarters of GDP, non-GDP growth? Two. Uh, Two or four. Someone look it up. Anyway. Two. Two. Thank you. So now. Who said four? I said Danny. Nine. Please don't tell just, me that was Danny. No, I, I, just, I, I said, said two. Four. I had a moment of doubt. <laughs> I don't know why I doubt myself. It's, it's the empathy I have for me. Like, I could be wrong. And I said four. And I'm like, no, it's two. Don corrected. So look, what's the average price of gas in California? By the way, gas in California, by the headline, it's the highest in the nation. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. <laughs> So, really? so triple California. A, you don't say the, the place, really? the place where the grocers have a baggers union that tend to go on strike every Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm not making this up. I California? moved out to California 99, no, 2000, 22 years ago. No, no, 20, 2001. I got, it was two, yeah, it was 21 two, years ago, 21 years ago. Yeah. I show up and like, you can't get groceries. Like there's picketing and stuff. Like, I'm like, why can't I get to the groceries? They're like strike. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, we go on strike around Thanksgiving to get better wages. Oh. Right, right, right from the picketers. It, it was probably working for a while. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the Ameri- until you have a great recession, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now the American, the AAA, says that the average price is four dollars and sixty-eight cents. Ford doesn't make cars anymore. General Motors really doesn't sell many cars anymore. It's all larger fuel tank, fuel-consuming SUVs and trucks. That's where the market is. The majority of cars need to put 
almost $5 a gallon, 20-gallon tank. It's costing these folks anywhere from $90 to $100 to fill their tank every time. That's nuts. That's not sustainable. Wages, we found out, are not, with the jobs report, are not keeping up with inflation. So when you read that statement that uh, an oil prices spikes tend to precede, they tend to precede recessions, but they don't, but oil spikes don't always lead to recessions. I think, I think for the <laughs> moment, we need to realize. Higher prices kill demand. When you kill demand, you cause a recession. What idiot at the Fed can't figure that out? Oh, they're trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. They sent out four yeah. people last night to uh, talk, talk down what Buller did. And talk up the bar, try to reverse the yeah. reversal. <laughs> and, hey, and I don't think he went out. I, I just don't think he's a, a – James Bullard has been outspoken before. He was, last year, though, he wasn't a voting member. And the problem is – and I don't know, and I should have done the research. I didn't do the research because it was late at night. And I totally blanked this morning when I was feeding Graham to do it. Um, I don't know if the people that are talking down what Bullard did – are voting members. The only people that matter are the voting presidents of the Fed, and they rotate every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they, Bullard, they've got a little consort. I mean, so when Bullard would speak last year, he's not a voting member of the Fed. When Bullard speaks this year, he's a voting member of the Fed. And we still haven't heard from the market killer herself, Esther, Esther George. George. So where, where's Esther George stand on oh, that? Oh, well, they're just just—they're leaving her in the closet until they really need a, a strong, all right, you really got to go make the market yeah. go down a Can't. couple thousand points. Get Esther out of here. And, and I, I want you to think about how great the state of Missouri is. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, Kansas City Fed President Esther George, yep. the Texas Hammers live in Missouri. <laughs> yep. Roar! Missouri. A, a, a voice of reason in flyover country. Uh, well, well, yeah, well, yeah. well, I just meant from the loose policy from the past. Right. You know, they're trying to fix the but, sins but of the, the thing past. Is, and, and I want I want to make sure I call it, I, I I don't need to. I'm not speaking for you. I'm not couching your comments. I'm saying, Danny, I, I will say this, though. Danny isn't trying to kill jobs. Danny isn't trying to kill the economy. Danny's no. Danny's making a comment on that. The Fed blew up this enormous balloon. And now is trying to let the air out slowly. Now trying to control, have a soft landing. They always say soft landing or controlled landing. Uh, Yeah, how's that going to work for you? How did that work during the tech? It's like a helicopter when when two thousand and eight. When the rotors stop turning, they don't glide. (laughs) (laughs) And so, Tim, you turn around to the breeze. All right, guys, hold on. We're going. I'm going to try to go in for a controlled landing. Tim, we're dropping out of the sky. Uh, we're going to hit some soft trees, That though. happened, right. That happened <laughs> yeah. to me over Fallujah one night. I looked down at the, um, there's a gauge that tells you how, fall you're, how, how fast you're falling in feet per minute. This thing was pegged at 3,200. And we were only at 1,800 feet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Doing some quick math in your head. Like, hmm, that doesn't buy me a lot of time. That was that was that was the night I said I think I think I need something different. Yeah, <laughs> that that was my last pump. I'm like, oh, for the love of God. Um, anyway, so uh, in summary, inflation bad, Bullard bad, markets potentially bad. Uh, Jay Powell trying to find good, and now we need bonds to, bad. Right bonds now. bad. 
uh, and we and we need to kind of steer this towards a little bit of practicality and what's working, what not to buy extended, what to wait for pullbacks on. And for that, we bring in new fan of the Philadelphia Eagles coaching tree. Don, the one, the only. Don, Doug Peterson lover, banded one. We, we could have done worse. I've <laughs> done worse. That's like a Philadelphia motto. <laughs> I think that's on the, the, by the way, Philadelphia, not a safe place. Philadelphia is going through a crime, crime spree. Passionate fans out there. It's not the fans. I mean, after sporting events, they always get really rowdy. They're passionate fans. It's not. The, it's like the city. He's man. talking about the city in general. The, the city in general is, I don't know. Just across the board. Across the board. They have, it's a, mur- I, I, I follow some Philadelphia Twitter. There's a murder rate, and I, it's like one per day. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think that's pretty standard. One per day? In big cities? I mean, is Philly a big city? I've never actually been. Philly is it's a big number, city. Number, it's, yeah. a quality, it's, it's a quality city. I think it's yeah, the number right. four or five media yeah. market. Dallas is seven. Yeah, yeah, New York, yeah. LA are one and two. Well, Dallas probably has like 0. .7 murders a day, right? Now, I, mean, I got it. <laughs> what is an acceptable murder? Gosh almighty. I, yeah. I want to walk outside. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you, you go, you go to South Dallas and hang out for an evening, you're going to hear some gunshots. I don't know where they're going. I don't know who they're aimed at. Yeah, but they're happening, Chicago though. and Philly are really bad. Well, right, yeah. Well, let's not take a left turn. Let's go back to <laughs> Sorry. Don. Yeah. Sorry, he, he threw out a stactoid. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a factoid that's <laughs> yeah. a stat. Yeah. All right. I'm not 100% sure it's true. Philly, it's bad. I'll look that I will up. confirm that for yes, you. Yes, Philly's bad. bad. Yeah, D- yeah. D- does the Fed Chicago's need- the worst, but Philly is bad. Does the Fed need to write a paper where it's inconclusive? I wonder if inflation. Inflation co- increases the murder rate. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yes. No, 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 you're being facetious, and I'm saying. No, it actually is true. It yeah, it is true because right. it, the, all, are, all, the, feed, the, yeah. the ramifications of it. Back to the new uh, Philadelphia coaching tree that Don Vanderbord's a fan of. Go ahead, Don. What are you, what are you looking at? Huge um, fan. Huge fan. Uh, what are you looking at, and um, what's extended, and what are you doing right now in the portfolios? So let's go back to last Friday. I always like to revisit what we talked about on the prior uh, show. S and P's or Q's? S and P's. S P. You got them. You want spy or do you want futures? Sorry, I'm uh, no question. Uh, spy, please. You got. Them. Let me get this chart. So last, um, can you actually bring up the the, the cash SPX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get it uh, up and running here for you, man. Danny, are you enjoying the show? Pretty, I am. Pretty lively. <laughs> I am. I'm looking at the chart over there. They call that vamping in the business, Danny. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out, Danny. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because he went to that school down in, down in San Antonio. <laughs> that's right. It's San Antonio basement. I thought you thought I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at the no, chart. No, I, I, I knew you were paying attention. I was trying to get this chart set up. I got you. I, got you. I dropped the ball. <laughs> it's a fumble. Philadelphia just fumbled. We do you dirty. <laughs> True. Yes. So two two Fridays ago when we did the show, it was uh, early afternoon and we were selling off. And then there was a very strong rally the last two hours into the close that closed right below the uh, orange line, the 200-day moving average. That's the day, Tim, where you've got that little uh, glowing green arrow on there. Right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Which which signifies what, by the way? Is that some? Is that a yeah. script that you've got that's put? Yeah, the on that's there, that's that um, a close, a close above the high. So the previous high, okay. it's a close above the high. So that kicked off uh, the following week an uh, an optimistic three day rally that got us above the twenty one day moving average, 
uh, and then we pulled back for four straight days. Uh, I did a video comparing that setup to the setup um, post COVID where we started rallying off the bottom. We pulled back, we consolidated for three days and was wondering if we were going to break out of there with a follow through day, which we did on April 4th of 2020. And we also did on Wednesday of this week, you can see we moved back above the 21 day uh, moving average there. But all that did is take us to the top of the range, which is below the 50 day moving average. So we're in a range right now on the bottom end is, uh, you know, 4460 on the top end is 4590. So uh, CPI came out, obviously signaled uh, inflation's not going away. We had a big gap down on uh, Thursday. Then we had the follow-up gap down, or the thought we recovered. Nice recovery intraday. I don't know if it was, um, can you go back to that I'm chart? I'm sorry, yes, sir. Yeah. There you go. And um, then Bullard came out and we, we closed back at the lows of the day. So we failed above the 21-day exponential moving average. Uh, and now we're following through mildly to the to the downside uh, today. But the big key for us is we, we take two, you know, the two biggest keys of the market is one, are we above the 200 day moving average? Because below the 200 day with the weekly close, that's where risk picks up. That's all bear markets uh, start with a weekly close below the 200 day moving average. That doesn't mean that all markets where you get at close lead to a full 20 percent correction. Uh, although we did in the in we got 19% in the NASDAQ this time, we got, I think, 12% in the S&P. So that's the plus. The plus is that we're still above the 200-day moving average. The negative is that we couldn't get above our short-term uh, trend, the 21-day exponential moving average. So one day above, back below, uh, still in a range, still in a buy strength, or sorry, buy weakness, as long as that weakness is above the 200-day, but sell strength. In this case, uh, the strength is um, to the top of the range around 45.90 or below the 50-day moving average. We've not been able to get, get back above that. That's what we use as our intermediate term signal. So the other negative is that our short-term signal, the 21, has not been able to get above our intermediate term signal. In an ideal market, you want the shortest term, the 21, above the intermediate term, the 50-day, which is above the 200-day. Uh, but so, so we're still in a range bound market. Uh, the 200 day is critical on the bottom, uh, to hold up the 200 day moving average is at a 4450. And, uh, until we get above 4610 right now, which is the flattened 50 day moving average, we're still in this, uh, this trading range. So really what we did is we'll go from one trading range below the 200 day. Uh, that's that those five, six days that you see there that ended with that uh, neon green arrow that you show there up to a higher trading range. And it would be very bearish if we broke below this range that we're in now, because that would take us back below the 200 day moving average. And of course, risk uh, picking up in a major way should that happen. And that's also where extreme volatility comes into the market. Just a lot of algos, a lot of people's uh, trading systems go by whether or not we're above or below the 200-day moving average. It's, it's probably the most critical level in the market. It's interesting. Um, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. So right now, what continues to work is not growth stocks, uh, but uh, things like oils, fertilizers, uh, gold miners, and gold continue to act a little bit better. Uh, we own Newmont Mining. Had a down day yesterday, but a nice update today. 
uh, financials still showing strength. Uh, so financials, uh, oils, and a little bit of strength coming into gold. Uh, bring up, uh, yeah, there's KBE. That's a nice little four-day handle we're forming there. That's the big bank index. Bring up GDX, Tim. Got it. GDX getting back above all those moving averages. Um, you know what's interesting about the financials? I want to pull up XLF here. I haven't looked at XLF in a bit. You would think. Now, XLF isn't too far off the highs. It, higher interest rates, better for banks. Better, yes. But the, when you look at the money center banks and the regionals, uh, KB, these are the regionals I have on the screen here. Pulling up KBE now. They're not. I mean, they're not far off highs, but they're not. This isn't a surging chart. This isn't crude oil. Oops, excuse me. This and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but that's because the, uh, with the narrowing of the yield curve, they can't make as much money between uh, the higher rates that they loan at and the lower rates that they pay uh, interest on. Well, yeah, it also has so to be a little bit of a drag on the banks. Yeah. It also has to do with how much spread they have between the federal funds rate and the, you know, if they can, cause they can remember they can borrow the federal yeah. funds rate. They actually borrow from each other. So they can borrow that money and then load it out at higher rates. So if rates go higher to the consumer and to businesses, they get to charge a higher rate right. and the banks really, they borrow at the very short term rates. And they're loaning mid and long term. So they're making a difference on that spread too. By the way, one more thing. When I, we were talking about the Fed, I forgot to bring up. So they're having a board of governors, a closed door meeting on Monday. Don, you mentioned that. Is that what they were? That's not an emergency meeting. It's a different. No, and they're, they're to discuss the discount rate is what I read. I really didn't read any details on it. I just okay. read the headline. Um, well, no, I think it would be better, uh, bigger news if it was uh, a quote emergency. unquote emergency meeting. Well, well, okay, so it's 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 somewhat unusual. They're having a closed door board of governors meeting under the expedited procedures under this section where they've got to give public dis observation disclosure. They're going to talk. the 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 only thing on the agenda is review and determination of the advanced and discount rates to be charged by the Fed. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with rates. So to, some people okay. are speculating that they may come out and come out with a surprise rate raise on Monday. If they did, that that's what I was talking about earlier when I said the exclamation point. If they wanted to do it in between their normal meetings. So next yeah. month is their normal schedule to say, okay, we're going to raise rates by a quarter point. Mm -hmm. If they came out Monday and said, we are raising rates intra-meeting, that would be very hawkish. I don't think they will do that, but anything is possible. If they really wanted to try to pull the, rip the Band-Aid off and get this out of the way and show that they're serious about inflation, and then they can relax a little bit later in the year, I'm just saying it's not out of the question. Remember, we're talking Dan, when you Dan, when you hear the phrase, the Fed left rates unchanged, does quote-unquote rates apply to the discount rate, or is it a yes. Fed funds rate? So, and what's so, the difference between the two? Okay, well, that, that's a great question. So most people, when they talk about the Feds, even the guys on CNBC, they don't understand economics. They, they're a bunch of guys that took journalism and marketing classes, but they learned enough financial jargon to kind of sound smart. But the way the Fed works, so the federal funds rate, even though it sounds like a Fed, a, 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 an agency, a federal rate, it's actually the overnight lending rate that banks in the Federal Reserve System charge each other, okay? So they charge each other, so they've got to have their reserve requirements 
Otherwise, they're in violation. They've got to have a minimum of required reserves. And so if one bank is a little bit short, they'll go borrow from another bank. And normally the big banks in New York and Chicago will go borrow from the Midwest savings and loans and the mm-hmm. smaller banks to meet their overnight requirements. Okay? The discount rate is the <clears throat> actual 30-day window, the emergency rate that, that, that banks of the Fed can go borrow directly from the Fed. So if you were called on in 1987 when they had the SNL banking crisis, the way that the Fed bailed out the banks without actually calling it a bailout like they did in 2008 is they lowered the discount rate uh, below uh, uh, the, uh, let me think about this. They lowered the, the discount rate below the Fed funds rate so that the banks could literally go borrow from the Fed discount and then go lend it overnight for a guaranteed profit. And so they pass it on without calling it a bailout. It's a tricky way. But normally what the Fed will do when they raise rates, they'll say, we're going to increase the discount rate by a quarter point. And the, the large member banks, the top 12 big member banks, they're expected to play ball. They're like, okay, the, the Fed is signaling to these banks, we are raising rates, you're going to raise the federal funds rate. So even though it's a private bid and ask rate that the banks do. It's kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod. The Fed is telling the banks it's once, it, they, it wants them to raise their Fed funds rate. Hold on. Let's just pause a second here. Let's acknowledge that, uh, Zach, on the graphic that you do for the show, mm-hmm. this is Danny's best show. Put that, literally put those words on the graphic. Danny's best show, okay. along with the ski jumper. This is your best show, not being facetious. Wow, I've had a couple good shows before. No, you haven't. And we've talked this about is your this. Best not, show. Like this not like this yeah. one. This is your best show. I that to... one you were on vacation was, was oh my really gosh, that, <laughs> that actually was Danny's best show. This is your second best show. <clears throat> I'll talk about this for a second, because what you just said there uh, needs to be explored. Okay. The Fed, if they tell the member banks, if they, they have a meeting on Monday, when was this meeting scheduled? I want to start there. I, that I don't know. So, But I think... But, was it recent? Like I think it was fairly recent. I don't think I'd have to go back and look. Okay. I would think it's fairly recent as well. But they can go in and tell the member, you know, hey, we're going to raise the federal funds rate. We're going to raise interbank lending rates from what they are right now. That's what that's what they could if, do. If if you're going to borrow from the Fed, the discount window, we're raising rates by a quarter point or half a point. Is that the same thing as raising the, so the Fed funds rate, so the, so the member banks, that's giving yeah. them the signal, we're raising rates by a quarter point. Because we, we want to be a member bank with the Fed. Right. We don't want to get mm. their bad grace. Hence FDIC. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, we, wanna, you know we, wanna, we want the coach to like us, so I'll put them on the field. Now, here's the other thing that people don't realize, because a lot of times— So that's akin, though, to raising— that's yeah, a, yeah, that is raising. That is, that, that is raising yeah, that's rates. That's I wanted to get at. That is raising rates by proclamation. We are raising rates. So without having a, an emergency meeting and making a big hullabaloo. Well, they could do it on their regularly scheduled meeting like this March, next month, or they could raise a discount rate this Monday. That would be an intra-meeting rate hike, which that's when they really put the – they only do that once a decade or so. That's unusual to do. That means, like, we're, we're really serious about it. So now, That's interesting. Here's the other thing that you got to realize. So the way that they manipulate interest rates, and this is why you got to know about the free reserves, the excess, it's called the free reserves or the excess reserves, the excess money supply in the banking system. Because the banks have to have like four or five cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. They've got to have their 
bracket, their reserve requirement. There's not a run on the banks, theoretically, right? Mm -hmm. So for every dollar you put in the bank on deposit, they've got to have, say, a nickel. They don't necessarily have all your money. If you've got $5,000 in the bank, it may not be there. You just have that, that, that. So they can adjust the reserve requirement by the banks. By the higher the, re- the higher the reserve requirement, the tighter it is. It restricts the money. Right. Now, but with the excess reserves, that's over and above the reserve requirement by the banks. So when the Fed wants to tighten, it'll say, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sell you bonds. You're going you're gonna to buy Fed bonds from us. And so the banks give the Fed their money, mm-hmm. and they buy the bonds. It takes money out of the banking system, which, in effect, shortens, limits supply, and so now rates rise. Conversely, the Fed is going to say, we're going to buy the bonds back from you. Here's a bunch of money. And that's what they're doing with the stimulus. They're buying bonds. They're, they're going to give you money. And now the banks are flush with money. So now they got to scramble around to l- lend money to make money. So that's how they lower rates. So the banks can, act, the Fed can actually say it's going to be hawkish, but flood the market with money. So they're lying. They're actually stimulating. They could also say, we're not going to raise rates very much, but if they suck money out of the free reserves, that's actually raising rates without them saying it out loud. So you got to watch their explicit actions, their discount rate, the Fed funds rate, what they say, and then you actually got to watch their feed and watch what they do with the reserves. You're like the Bo Jackson of this show. Bo knows. Uh, also, Zach, in the upper left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. only has so right. much room, to Go ahead. Uh, uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate your uh, willingness. Like, like, to... It's like Jackson Pollock. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, you, producing could, on air. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a picture. It's a black and white picture of Bo Jackson. Yep. Baseball bat across the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you put Danny's face on that in the upper left-hand Absolutely. corner? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll get the boys the lab on that. Hit it out yeah, of the yeah, park, yeah. baby. Hit it I'll out of the park. I'll get the graphic design team going on that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at sarcasm, but I know that sarcasm. No, no, no. Nope. Send it on down to him. Yeah. Just put put it in one of those uh, bank bank drive up tubes. Which yes, I, which I thought was the coolest right. thing in the world, right? The vacuum tubes, the pneumatic, yeah, yeah can pneumatic we, can tubes. We get a right here. Can, yeah. Instead of the bat, can we get a vacuum tube? Yes, yeah. Fire it down to them. Fire <laughs> that YouTube thumbnail done. Post Fire that white paper the Fed's working on. Did <laughs> higher oil prices lead to recessions? Um, man. That, so Monday there could be some big fireworks. Well, and I wonder if that's like there. Or it could be a big dud. It's interesting. The markets feel heavy here, and Don was referencing it uh, earlier um, two Fridays ago, so two weeks ago, uh, market time. And it's this, um, I got SPX back up here. Great close uh, in markets. Um, and there was a bottoming process taking place. And I, I got I to tell you, I don't feel as though, and it feels a strong word, I don't sense that there's a bottoming process going on now. By bottoming, I don't mean the markets go to a bottom. I mean you're saying it doesn't feel like the bot- markets uh, yeah. in the bottom. It's bottoming out right now. And let me let me switch from the we, you were discussing the theoretical and go right to the practical now and how you can use this information to actually get a sense to take some kind of action potentially. Look at the ADD over here. I was going to save this for one last thing, but I don't I don't want to do that. Look at the ADD. The ADD um, is the advanced that we talked about earlier, advanced decline line. And it's got, it just gapped up this morning. But the ADD, as we've been doing the show, has been steadily coming down, and it just took out the lows. That's not bullish. Mm-hmm. Now, the ticks have matched it. But what I, what I want to point out here, and what, what is really interesting to me, is I've got the 10-year treasuries up here. And the pattern um, this morning, uh, today, has been Friday. As Friday mornings we're taping the show. 
that as the TNX is going up, the NASDAQ right above it has been coming down. And I want these two aligned vertically so I can see the relationship between interest How rate. Correlated they are. Yeah. And they were correlated. But I want to show you that rates are coming down right now and markets are just coming down. And that's, that's, go ahead. Well, that was one thing I was going to mention. Remember, I was telling you how bonds are dangerous. If the stock market starts to sell off, and you still own, because there will be a knee-jerk reaction short-term, mm-hmm. quote, flight to quality, and people will go into bonds just by, you know, reflect, reflexive nature, just because of their memory, that's where it's safe. That, if you still own bonds, which you shouldn't, but if you do, that could be a good time to exit. If you get a pop in bonds, yeah. you may be, it may give you a good exit. And let, let me just pause there for a second. We don't do this too often, but look, um, there's a lot of things that Danny does clients and non-clients alike and i think the one thing that we'll make available to everybody listening no matter when you're listening if you've got someone in your world whether it's you or a loved one a family member friend that has a 60 40 portfolio and we use 60 40 as just an example but if you have questions about the effects of these bonds and you're like you guys are all short-term look we're no if it continues to work, we're long-term. Yeah. As long as it's working, we're in. Yeah, and, and I want to really point that out because I've heard this before. It's the same thing at IBD. Like when I worked at Investors Business, you guys are all momentum. No, I've never met anybody that said, if I could make 20% in 10 years, uh, I'll take that over. I can make 20% in two weeks or two months. Or Saving yourself money here is paramount. Right now. Yes. Right now. And if there's a part of your portfolio whether it's uh, you don't quite understand the contraction that's happening in high multiple stocks, you don't understand what high multiple is, and it's not, it's not a knockdown, and I know the information's out there on the internet. AKA blue sky. But yeah. sometimes it just helps to have somebody to say, hey, can you explain that to me? Can you, I think, in, and I think everybody needs a coach. I believe that. Like I think everyone needs someone they can talk to, to ask questions to, to bounce things off of. If you, it doesn't matter if you're a client or not. If you have a question about this, please call Danny. And I'm the, look, I know this. We, you're not going to be put in some queue for, we don't have a sales team. We're all, the only person we have helping out here now is Meryl. And Meryl's awesome. She's not a sales team. Meryl does all the really hard work here at the office. 855-732-5932. You can call Danny or email Danny, dan at riverasset.com. And here's the thing. Having someone to talk to, we don't sell insurance. We don't sell any of these products. We don't sell bonds. Like you're going to get, we don't sell product. Yeah. We, you're going to get straight scoop and that's all we want to give you. But if there's a part of your world bleeding or someone, you know, is losing a ton of money in this 40% of their portfolio and you don't quite understand why or what to do or how to fix it. Look, you can, you can only sell and get back in, but talk to someone first. And I think that person should be Danny. And you're like, well, I'll just talk to the advisor that sold me the bonds. That's like going back to the, how many times do you get satisfaction after you bought a lemon of a car going back to the guy that sold it to you? That's like having the Fed fix the inflation that it created. They might create a white paper report, <laughs> you know? It turns out we shouldn't have sold you those We're gonna bonds. We're going to fix inflation by causing a recession. Thank right. you. Right. And so look, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick um, when I, while I have the contact page up is, and then I want to get to Don's 21 over 21 is, look, there's a lot of life events that happen uh, that you want to have planned for in advance. I don't mean like this. Just have cursory thought about it. 
And one of those is when you need to take advantage, use a life insurance policy. That's the nicest way to say it. Things happen. And the time to discuss those things isn't when you are in mourning. Those are really hard times to have those discussions. And Danny makes himself available to everybody that ever calls or stops in to have these discussions with. And there's things you should be doing now that just just in your ether that you should know about when it comes to having to use life insurance or maybe what type of life insurance to have right now. Uh, Where they even need it. Yeah, that really really will prove valuable when that moment arrives. Um, And I I encourage you, like if you talk to anybody at the shop, just call Dan, 855-732-5933. That is really, I wanted to cover that last week. I don't think I did. Um, And it's really important that people, People understand all that. Uh, Don, is there anything in your world that's 21 over 21, or is it all dirty 30? Don has the video tonight. So, uh, it's Don, the one to watch. Yeah, by the way, um, the videos, uh, we never pull them down. If you want to, people always ask us how to do uh, market re- send us Send us how you guys did. I always say go right here to Daily Market Insight, and you'll see it. By the way, this website's going to change here right quick. There's 209 pages of videos. So every market condition from 2014, from March of 2014, yeah, yeah. you can see how we handled. How did we do in uh, the pandemic? How did we do in uh, December of 2018? The last rate spike that lasted market three days. Yeah. Like any market environment, it's all there. We never pull them down. And so if you want to get a sense of how we would do for you, this is the best way to do it. I uh, want to watch the podcast. They're all in there, by the way, that market, but the podcast we separate out and you can see them right there. And then, of course, you can call us. Don, 20 over 21, man. What you got? Yeah, the 21 over 21 is actually holding up better than the overall indexes. Uh, there may be two, unless, I mean, unless we totally collapse into the close. Uh, only one stock came off last week and two to three are below the 21 this week. But what you're seeing is very similar to what I mentioned before. They'll They'll come off the 21, get higher up into the top of the range, and then they'll pull back. And right now, the bottom of the range is holding as the 21 day. If that starts to break uh, with these stocks, then that's more feedback uh, to us that leaders are starting to break and will lighten up even more. Um, One thing that I recently added to the videos that I do is I've been getting uh, quite a few emails from people or liking it, something called the tail of the tape. which is basically a rundown of various bullish and bearish scenarios and showing where we are. And if, if under different conditions, uh, what, what uh, we're looking for and what changes we would make if uh, kind of like an if then else scenario on various levels in the market and um, bullish and bearish cases. So uh, be sure and uh, tune in tonight and check that out. Fresh 21 over 21. Don, you're having and a good hair day. And tail of the tape. I, I never get to put Don back on the screen. I, I've got, we've got a big monitor in the studio now, Don, and I can see you. I'm looking right at you. It doesn't look like I'm looking right at you, but trust me, I'm looking right at you. I guess that's how you do TV. I look into the camera, and it looks like I'm looking at Don. I, I guess that's how television's done. He said you had a good hair day, Don. Yeah, you're having a great hair day. Like I, I, well, I thanks for that. I yeah. missed the purple glasses, I, I, though. You don't have the you Donna, get your Donna, cataracts fixed? No Donna. glasses. Back to contacts this week. And I, I, I did Donna's put about glasses? 18 seconds into my hair this morning. He's worn them so like that, the last that's 30 times. Wait, Don wears, I'm, I'm not being, Don wears glasses? Oh, my gosh. 
Oh my god, well, we Tim, talked okay. about it last week. For what it's worth, Tim hasn't been able to see the screen because this we, is a relatively we, new we thing. So yeah, he may, he may air, have just not known. We talked about how it reflects. Last it's... week? Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just switched yeah. to contacts this last week. Last week, a month ago? <laughs> oh, it's been busy, I can't tell you. I mean, I, <laughs> That's I've right. got a lot going on. Well, focusing <laughs> on running the show. They were installing this pneumatic tube at the shop. So we could send designs Somebody write me a white paper on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy over here. Oh my gosh! You know what? Uh, one I last... suppose Tim's been uh, listening to the audio version of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Must be I, I, tell, it. I, I do spot check it, but I, do, I, do, I just listen to it. I don't watch it. Like, right? You got to go watch a couple of them. He looks really cool. He looks like a secret agent with those. A they got hacker. like a purple. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally a really? secret agent. They, yeah, they look. I mentioned it about three or four times on air when we've been recording the show. Half the, <laughs> half the time when we're doing the show, I'm trying out to play, how do I play offense against your defense? <laughs> I, I'm literally writing myself notes on what, how I need to. Working out strategies. <laughs> literally, I'm drawing up plays as the game's going on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, all right, Dodd, you got to wear them next week so Tim can see them. That's right. Yeah. Now that we got a monitor. All right. Uh, stock Ninja Market Lovers, listen, uh, I do have one last thing uh, before we go. I've got a couple stocks I want to share with you. Uh, but, Danny. Tim. Let's do the short outro. Okay. And Don't, you'll do the short stocks that you No, I'm going to do the long one because i got a lot to cover. But I need <laughs> you. That's why I need you to do the short one because I'm going to do the long one. All right, folks. Listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Just send them to revereasset.com. We won't. And, and up at the top, you can have them subscribe. They'll get this podcast directly in their email when it's ready. And they'll also get our daily market insight short market video Every evening after the market closes, we won't spam them, reach out to them in any way. It's up to them to reach out to us if they want help, they want a portfolio review, or they just have a topic they want us to discuss on the air. You can e email any of us, Dan at revereasset.com, Tim, Don, Tim, <laughs> Tim, Don, I'm thinking about the glasses, Tim, Don, or Hunter at revereasset.com, and you can always call us old school at 855 Real well. So interesting. Uh, Don covered uh, some some names there um, earlier in the segment, but I was looking at uh, and Hunter brought this up uh, so many times last year. Uh, Nutrient. This this thing is a uh, it's ex it's off the twenty one. You the area to buy it was uh, back here, but in in the the worst of environments right now, this thing is uh, just kicking butt. And then um, CF. Uh, this that, holding up well. That's a that's a pretty looking chart right there. We own we own CF yeah. in uh, in house. Yep. Sorry, I wanted, I did want to say that that is a you know that is that that's what you want if you're long something right now. I mean, other than it's just skyrocketing high, that that's a beautiful looking consolidation. There, there's just no volume today. Yeah. You know, you're 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 doing all right. People are sitting on their hands right now. On, if they got CF, you're absolutely right. Take us home, Danny. By the way, congratulations, Hunter. Hunter's not with us today because he's checking out his wedding venue. He's going to get married in Colorado Ooh. soon. So he and his fiance are up there checking out the vet, vet wedding venue. Folks, we'll talk to you next week on Your Money. <laughs>